Greetings to those who watch below. Today we are going to take another trip around the globe looking at some strange and frankly at times terrifying creatures from folklore. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below. An exclusive channel membership you can check out by looking at the link in the description box. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, Irish Creepypasta Guy, Christina Groves, Julie B and Jess Black Curtain. Also, if you don't know already, I'm now on Instagram, at brimstone underscore below, so feel free to check it out for hints on what's coming up on videos and also a bit of a peek into my normal life. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. The Aswang The terrifying Aswang is the most feared creature in Philippine folklore, and with good reason. Stalking its prey in the small rural towns of the Philippines, this deadly monster nocturnally hunts for a meal of human flesh and blood. The Aswang is a flesh-eating, shape-shifting monster. During the day, Aswangs appear as regular townspeople, though they may be observed by others to have reclusive habits or magical abilities. At night, Aswangs shift into eerie predatory forms and go hunting for human prey, preferring to feast on children and pregnant women above all else. Varying horrible descriptions are given of the Aswang's appearance, but some recurrent traits stand out among all the different descriptions. Usually the Aswang is a woman during the day. At night, however, it may appear as a bird, a pig, or a dog. No matter which animal form it takes, an Aswang will differ from a regular animal in various disturbing ways. Most have long, proboscis-like tongues, and are frequently described as walking with their feet backward. They have also been depicted as being so thin, they can hide behind bamboo posts. The Aswang's most fearsome ability is its knack for blending in with its victims. During the day, they look and act just like regular people. Although they are generally shy and somewhat reclusive, they can have jobs, friends and even families. During the night, they shift into a form that is better suited to hunting. Different regional versions of the creature are said to take different forms, the Tick Tick and Whack Whack become large birds, while the Zegben takes on the form of a Tasmanian devil. Aswangs have also been reported shifting into pigs and dogs. In addition to shape-shifting, they also have the ability to transform into the appearance of other objects. It's common for an Aswang to transform plant material into a doppelganger of one of its victims, in order to hide the evidence of its feeding habits from locals. These doppelgangers might replace corpses, which Aswangs often consume, or they might replace living people. If the doppelganger replaces a living person, it will return to the person's home, get sick, and quickly die. Another tactic it uses to disguise itself is to use sinister vocal tricks. As the fearsome predator gets closer to its victim, its call gets quieter and quieter, so its victim is tricked into thinking the monster is actually getting further away. The Aswang's hunting prowess is almost as frightening as its ability to hide itself in plain sight. They like to dine on corpses, fetuses and small children. They often appear at funeral wakes or at the bedside of a pregnant woman to eat. The Aswang uses its proboscis-like tongue to suck blood from its victims or suck a fetus from a pregnant woman's womb. They also have superhuman strength during the night time. A person transforms into this deadly predator by tying a fertilized chicken egg 
to his or her stomach. After some time, the chick passes from the egg into the stomach. Once this has happened, the remaining eggshell is buried in a bamboo tube, along with coconut oil and chicken dung. The person now has the powers of the aswang. A dying aswang can also pass its powers along to someone else if it wishes. The aswang holds its mouth close to a chosen person, and the chick inside the monster's stomach hops into the mouth of the new person. The Sea Monk The sea monk, or sometimes sea bishop, was the name given to a sea animal found off the eastern coast of the Danish island of Zealand in 1546. It has also been sighted by two fishermen and some nearby swimmers at Pula, Croatia in the year 2011, and is one of the more popular sightings of cryptid in the Adriatic Sea. It was described as a fish that looked superficially like a monk. It was mentioned and pictured in the fourth volume of Conrad Gessner's famous Historia Animalium. Gessner also referenced a similar monster found in the Firth of Forth, according to Boethius, and a sighting off the coast of Poland in 1531. A sea monk was subsequently popularised in the epic poem La Sup Main, ou Creation de Monde, where the poet speaks of correspondences between land and sea. The sea monk has been compared to a squid due to two drawings from the 16th century. In the early 1850s, Danish zoologist Japter Steenstrup suggested that the sea monk was a giant squid, a theory more recently popularised by writer Richard Ellis. Others believe the report is based on the discovery of an errant walrus. More recently, it has been suggested that it was an angel shark, which is commonly called a monkfish in English or monk in Norwegian. Other suggested suspects for the sea monk include a grey seal, a hooded seal, a monk seal, or a hoax such as a Jenny Hanover. The Acrobao Malu The Acrobao Malu are mysterious scorpion men mentioned in many Babylonian myths. They were said to be guardians of Shamash, the god of sun truth, justice, and healing. The scorpion men were described to have the head, torso, and arms of a man, and the body of a scorpion, and were sometimes referred to as Jir Tablilu. The existence of these fascinating beings dates back to the beginning of time. Myths and legends tell that they were first created by the Tiamat in order to wage war against the younger gods for the betrayal of her mate, Apsu. Apsu was the name of the primeval sea below the void space of the underworld and the earth above. We also come across the scorpion men in the Epic of Gilgamesh. Their duty was to guard outside the gates of the sun god at the mountains of Mashu. The gates were the entrance to the land of darkness. The scorpion men opened the doors for Shamash when he travelled out each day and closed the doors after him when he returned to the underworld at night. The scorpion men must have had the ability to see far beyond the horizon, as they could warn travellers of coming dangers. According to myths written in the Akkadian language, the Akrabao Melu had heads that could touch the sky. They could terrorise people, and their glance resulted in death. Artifacts discovered in the Giraffe and Kanuj districts of Kerman province, Iran, reveal the scorpion men also played an important part in Giraffe's mythology. Similar scorpion men are also mentioned in the legends of the Aztecs. They are considered to be the spirits of defeated gods cast out of the sky after they destroyed the sacred grove of fruit trees. 
the bunyip. The bunyip, which comes from the Aboriginal Australian to mean devil or evil spirit, is also known as the Kiamprati and is a creature of Aboriginal mythology. It lives in swamps, billabongs, creeks, riverbeds and waterholes all over Australia. Aborigines used to tell tales of creatures that stalked the waterways and ate any prey that came close, and the creatures had developed a taste for people, mostly children. Many of the modern sightings that have come from Australian people come in a wide variety of descriptions – scaly, furry, big, small, skinny, beefy, and so on. The bunyip is represented as uniting the characteristics of a bird and an alligator. It has a head resembling an emu with a long bill, at the extremity of which is a transverse projection on each side, with serrated edges like the bone of the stingray. Its body and legs partake the nature of the alligator. The hind legs are remarkably thick and strong, and the forelegs are much longer, but still very, very strong. The extremities have long claws, but its usual method of killing is by hugging it to death. When it enters the water, it swims like a frog, and when on shore it walks on its hind legs with its head erect, in which position it measures 12 to 13 feet in height. The bunyip has many descriptions. Some say it has a dog-like face, dark fur, a horse-like tail, flippers, walrus-like tusks, and a duck-like bill. Others think the creature has an appearance similar to a snake, with a head like a man with a beard. The creature is described to gobble up children and livestock in several Aboriginal stories, if they come close to the water's edge. The bunyip is also said to prey upon the women and children of Aboriginal tribes during the night. One legend says that a man named Bunyip broke the Rainbow Serpent's greatest law by eating his totem animal. Banished by the good spirit Biami, the man became an evil spirit that lured tribesmen and their livestock into the water so he could eat all of them. One of the first recorded accounts of the Bunyip took place in 1818, when James Meehan and explorer Hamilton Hume both found enormous bones in Lake Bathurst located in New South Wales in Australia. They described the creature similar to a manatee or hippopotamus. The Kappa Kappa are legendary creatures found in Japanese folklore. In Shinto they are considered to be one of many Suijin. A hair-covered variation of a Kappa is called a Hiyosubi. Kappa are similar to the Finnish Naki, the Scandinavian Nak or Nek, the Czech Vodnik and the Scottish Kelpie, and had all have been used to scare children of the dangers lurking in water. Kappas are described as being roughly humanoid in form and about the size of a child. Their scaly reptilian skin ranges in colour from green to yellow to blue. Despite their reptilian features, Kappa are said to have ape-like faces and scraggly green hair. Kappas supposedly inhabit ponds and rivers in Japan and have various features to aid them in this environment, such as webbed hands and feet. They are sometimes said to smell like fish, and they can certainly swim like them. Their most notable feature is an indentation on top of their head, which collects water, called a sara. This is the source of their power. It must be full whenever the kappa is away from the water. If it spills, then the kappa will be unable to move, meaning it will not be able to catch its prey drag it into the water, and eat it. Although they are reported to inhabit all of Japan, 
they are often said to be particular to the Saga prefecture. Japanese folklore states the kappa can be very polite, but can be disabled before it attacks by bowing. The kappa will bow back and spill the water, paralyzing itself. Kappa are usually seen as mischievous troublemakers. Their pranks range from the innocent, such as loudly farting or looking at women's kimonos, to the malevolent, such as drowning people and animals or kidnapping children. When kappas attack, they often pull the person's intestines out through their anus in order to get to a mythical organ which is said to contain the human soul. They also love cucumbers, and people can sometimes escape a very angry kappa by throwing a cucumber in its direction and run while it eats said cucumber. If it is necessary to bathe in the water a kappa lives in, it is possible to throw a cucumber into the water before entering, after which the kappa will allow you to use its water without attacking you. If you manage to defeat a kappa and they surrender, they will help you with farming or share medical knowledge. In fact, the technique of bone setting was thought to have been originally taught to humans by a friendly kappa, according to Japanese folklore. They also frequently challenge humans to sumo wrestling, which they are almost guaranteed to win unless the human gets them to spill the water in their head, after which the kappa is forced to retreat. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. Were any of the creatures featured today something that you didn't know about? If so, let me know in the comments section. Also, is there a creature from folklore you'd like me to feature in a future video? Also, let me know on that. And if you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to the channel, hitting that notification bell so you never miss a video. So, until next time, sleep tight.